Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. My name is Jeff Fry, and I'll be guest hosting today's special episode honoring the memory of Kip Manjira. The Cutco Vector family lost a legend in a tragic accident on Tuesday, November 9th, 2021. Kip Manjira was a CSP with our company and amassed career sales of over $1.2 million in a brief eight years with us, many of which were during his college years. This also makes Kip, of course, a member of our Cutco Vector Hall of Fame. He won the Silver Cup, which is awarded to our company's number one sales representative in the nation in his category, and he won that in 2019. He was also awarded the Midwest region's most coveted award, which is called the Dimitrovich Distinction. And he got that award in 2014. That's after just his first year with us, which is truly an unprecedented achievement. Kip was born with osteogenesis imperfecta, and that is commonly known as brittle bone disease. And Kip was wheelchair bound his entire life. Here's the thing about Kip is he never let his disability deter him or slow him down one ounce. As a matter of fact, he was an inspiration to the entire Cutco organization. Kip really, he touched so many lives and he lived more in his 26 years than many people live in a lifetime. He was an incredible young man. He approached life with passion and zest every single day. And today, I'm joined by Kip's younger brother, Stephen. And we also have a few of his friends and colleagues from Cutco Vector. We have a CSP Benji Lehman, CSP Stacy Barton, CSP Jeffrey Paul Bobrick, CSP John Israel, District Manager Case Kunick, and Kip's Division Manager, Mr. Justin Nefis. So everybody, I just want to thank all of you for being here today. And to our listeners... Thank you for honoring the memory of our friend Kip Mangira by listening to this podcast. I'd like to kick it off just by going around the horn and just asking each person, share, how about your earliest memory that you have of Kip? And uh, Stacey, I'm going to start with you. My earliest memory with Kip, we were in a bar in Nashville and he asked me to dance and we were dancing like in the middle of the floor. (laughs) And it was so fun because he would just like spin around and around in his wheelchair and try and like spin me, but it was too fast. And yeah, it was just, it was really fun. That was, that's like the first vivid thing that comes to mind. That's all. That's awesome. I can, I can picture it as well. That's cool. (laughs) Uh, That's funny. Hey Case, how about you? What's your earliest memory of Kip? Well, that would be a, One of our conferences, I believe it was Conference of Champions or it was SC2. I can't remember exactly which conference, but it was when I he was getting recognized for his sales achievement. And I was there present where I got to meet him in person. So I saw that he had a physical disability. And just seeing what he had accomplished in such a short period of time was just just very memorable because it was so impressive for what he did in such a short period of time. Because as a manager, you hear everybody's excuses. Of I don't have the time or I can't get there because back then things were in person. So people had to go home to home to do our position. And so seeing a young man in a, in a wheelchair and seeing what he had accomplished was just, just inspiring. I mean, it uh, really was a big moment for so many, including myself. I was just super impressed with what he had accomplished. 
Yeah. Yeah. I remember meeting him. Same thing on stage at SC2 is the first time that I, I saw him. I think Justin told me a little bit about this new recruit that he had uh, on his team and he was, he was going for 10 grand for the push, but I got to meet him on stage and he was a brand new college student at the time. Uh, but I was at the same time case, I was so impressed with this, this kid in a wheelchair that, that sold Cutco only to find out that he drove his wheelchair to every appointment. Uh, I believe he traveled like 350 miles in his wheelchair during that push week. And he sold over 10,000 bucks. And that's what I remember my first time meeting him. But like you said, uh, over time and over countless amazing sales weeks, I didn't even see the wheelchair anymore. Unless, of course, it was driving over my feet, right? Which happened uh, multiple times over my career with Kip. But he was just Kip. You know, he was one of our top CSPs. And someone that always showed up huge for push weeks. That's kind of what I think about when I think of my earliest memory. So, Justin, how about you? Yeah, so mine would have been his interview back in 2013. It's not every day that we have people in a wheelchair of that caliber come in, meaning having to spend their life in a wheelchair. And so I just remember the interview, remember him just being, hey, yeah, this sounds great. I'll go into people's homes, you know, I'll sell knives. And it was just, uh, I'll just never forget it. You know, someone who was so eager to uh, take on that challenge and and take on that responsibility was just impressive at the time. And obviously, as we all know, it it turned into a very impressive career for him. So that would be That's my cool. earliest memory of his interview. That's cool. I, I'm just curious was he was he chatty Kip in the interview or was he like a normal person, shy and kind of nervous in an interview? No, he was. He, Kip has that quiet side too, where. He'll sit there and observe. And that was him in the interview. He's more yeah. quiet. But I, cool. you know, the, the after and the post interview, when you accept someone onto the team, opened up a little bit and obviously had a few questions on, do I think he'd be able to do this? And I think I probably told him what I tell everybody. And that is that, yeah, of course you can do this. You know, it might be a little bit more challenging, but. Well, you, you saw something in him right off the bat, right? Yeah, he was a good kid. Absolutely. That's cool. Awesome. Benji, how about you? Yeah, my first memory was also was SC2 2013. I was the district manager at the time. And yeah, I just remember when they called out his name or you know, going through the push reports and this, like everybody said, this kid in a wheelchair sitting up there and they kept going, you know, higher and higher in the push reports. And he's just still sitting up there and we're like, who the heck is this kid? You know, and then obviously his his impressive uh push total there and got to talk to him a little bit afterwards and heard more about his story and that was that was my first memory from SD2. Cool. Thank you, Benji. JPB, how about you? Sure. Uh, my first memory of Kip was at a conference, a national conference called RDC. And what's actually cool about this is that Amy Muller has a picture of us, took a picture of us the first time I ever met him. So I actually have a picture of Kip and I talking in the literally within minutes of meeting him. And he came, he came up to me in a break from the general session. And I was kind of sitting in my chair and he said, Hey, can I, can I talk to you for a little bit? I'm Kip, you know? And I said, sure. Hi. And we got to talking and we spoke, I think for probably about, you know, 20 minutes before we kind of said, okay, great, great talk. Uh, and went back to whatever we were kind of supposed to be doing. But my first impression was just, this guy is so smart and fun and great to talk to. I didn't know anything about him. 
I didn't know what he had done, what he hadn't done. I just knew that he was smart and fun and great to talk to. And that was my first impression and really went after what, what he wanted. Yeah, for sure. For sure. He's ultra competitive. That's for sure. And has been since, uh, since day one. So that's cool. Thank you. How about uh, Mr. Israel, John? Yeah. So I, uh, my experience was uh, at when I was a district manager, uh, we were at SLC for the manager meeting. And uh, they started this new series of videos called Be Yourself. And they were featuring people who just lived unique lives that were different. And they succeeded with Vector being themselves. And uh, it, it's one of those like, uh, you know, it was like a, like a Hallmark movie. You know, I watched this video of a, a kid like went into push periods and, and then you find out he's in a wheelchair and it's like, anytime you see that and you see someone achieving, you just like, man, I am such a wimp. Like, what am I, what am I complaining about? Like, oh, I don't like gas prices right now. It's like, well, that's kind of a lame excuse when you look at what people are overcoming and Kit for me, like that was right off the bat, you know, like, man, this guy's an inspiration. And, uh, of course we, you know, lived in kind of different worlds. I was in a different part of the country. I was in management. And then it wasn't for a couple of years that we really got to start meeting in person. Yeah, he, he inspired a ton, didn't he? That's cool. Thank you, John. How about uh, Stephen and, and Jamu? Tell us about Kip growing up. Something that you want to share about Kip when he's growing up? Well, I'd say when Kip was growing up, like being the youngest in my family, like when I was first born, like as you said, like I never really saw the wheelchair. I didn't even think about it. I was just too young. I never even thought about the fact that like he couldn't walk. Like I just remember I'd be in preschool and I'd be so excited to go home because whenever I'd get home, I'd go and I'd knock on his door because he was already home and he'd come, he'd crawl with my little toy football that I'd always carry around everywhere. And I'd just go to the, I'd crawl to the other side of the hallway. We'd just play catch and we'd be making like spectacular catches when we were on our knees, like, like toe taps, but like with our knees, like on our knees. And I just thought it was awesome. And like growing up with Kip, like there's one thing that has really never changed. Like he could eat, like he could eat way more than you would think that any grade school kid could eat. I remember I'd be in like kindergarten and every time my parents would bring home pizza, like he would get his own pizza. Like we would have two for my mom, my dad, my sister and myself, and then one just for Kip. And I was like sitting there as like a little kid. I'm like, that's not fair. Why does Kip get his own pizza? <laughs> and my parents would be like, well, Kip eats more than you. So then, like, in my head, I was like, oh, so, like, this is a competition. Like, if I can eat more pizza than Kip, I'll get my own pizza. But I can never eat more pizza than Kip. <laughs> I can attest he can eat. I mentioned uh, at the funeral that wherever we are, Kip is the guy that orders. We order a bunch of appetizers, and then he would always go, uh, Jeff, don't you think we need two more of those and two more of those and another one of those. And I'd say, Kip, yeah, of course we, we definitely do. And his buddy case would always help out with that uh, process as well. Right. Case. <laughs> yes, I uh, That's awesome. So Steven, the, your football, I know you play football in college. Kip obviously started this process for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. That's awesome. <laughs> he was our quarterback. That's, awesome. that's cool, man. How about, uh, let's do this. everybody. What's, what's a favorite story? Or a favorite experience that you've had with Kip? Stacy? One of my favorite, it's a very simple story, but it's a good one. We were in the Bahamas and a group of us were just like hanging out in one of the hotel rooms and we were playing the game Never Have I Ever. And 
like when I get really competitive with never have I ever, and Kip also gets really competitive just in general. And I always have a goal of just like saying the things that get people out, like never have I ever had an iPhone or just things that like most people have done. And then Kip comes along. He's like, never have I ever run. And we're all like, Kip, what the, (laughs) just things that like, and he just loved like, I don't know. I just love how he was so unapologetically him and would just didn't care about like poking fun at himself or something. And he just was like, yeah, like you guys all better put a finger down right now. We were like, what the heck? (laughs) Anything anything to win, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We were like, I I thought I had it in the bag. And then I'm like playing with Kip and I'm like, never mind. I'm I'm out. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. That is awesome. Case, how about you? So when we went to Iceland, because I know we had the company trip there, that was my biggest experience with Kip because he called me and said, hey, since we're going, instead of just doing a one-day trip to Iceland, let's do it for multiple days. So he decided to extend the trip and go early, but he only could do that extension if somebody would be able to push him around in the wheelchair. So I gladly said yes, because like, you know, you only get to get get to go to Iceland one time. Uh, I mean, there's other chances, but so I definitely said yes to that. So me, uh, a young man named Nick Prasici and Kip all went to Iceland and uh, we got to live it up there for a few days and we ended up going snorkeling and seeing the sights and uh, the one place we went was uh, Silfra, which is the uh, place where you can touch two continents and go snorkeling and I just know that when he was mentioning those events on the phone to me like that's what he wanted to do again I you know I just went with it because he could do whatever he wanted to set his mind to and uh, so it was a blast and I'm super glad I got that experience with Kip. Yeah. And it, it, by the way, just thinking about the Silfra and, and going down those metal stairs to get into the water, that was, by the way, 34 degrees. And uh, to see Kip say, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that, too, was uh, was awesome. You know, one of my one of my favorite stories also is in Iceland. I'll piggyback that case. Kip never wanted people to look at him different or treat him differently. And we we really didn't in Cutco. As a matter of fact, when we were in Iceland, we we were on our way to dinner and everybody in our region knows that if someone's late, I simply leave them. I don't tolerate late people. And uh, Kip's never late, but in this one case, he was late by a few minutes and we're all in the lobby and uh, people were saying, well, what about Kip? What about Kip? And I looked at my watch as well. You know, this is the time that we were supposed to be here. I said, trust me, you know, Kip, Kip can handle himself. He'll be fine. And we're in Reykjavik, Iceland. And we started walking to dinner and sure enough, we're halfway there and he comes by in his wheelchair, passes us, beat us to the restaurant, waiting for us when we get there. And uh, that was just a a Kip moment, I would guess, or I would say. So a lot of fun. All right. How about uh, Justin? How about you? Yeah. So I've got two uh, that really stand out. One is, you know, as a manager and you've got a new representative in your office, we run phone jams, as we all know, and we'd have people come in for team meetings and make phone calls. And as a manager, you know, you're always kind of drilling into people's head, the importance of sticking to the program and following the manual and, and reading the script. And I remember I was, I was in a different office than I'm in right now, but I remember hearing somebody on the phone during a phone jam, explaining to a customer that they're speaking with, that they were going to be crawling through the customer's home or into the customer's home. And I just, I, I'll never forget there was an assistant manager going over a couple of things in regards to the meeting, whatever. And I just, I, I'll never forget looking at my assistant manager going, what 
in the heck? <laughs> Who just said that? I'm all freaking out. I'm like, who's doing this wrong? You know, and I, I get up and I run out and sure enough, it's Kip. He's just, yeah. And he's explaining, you know, the brittle bone disease and, and his situation. And, he's, and so I hope it's okay with you. If you see me crawling up your steps and you know, I'll need to crawl through your home. And I'm just like, holy cow. Like obviously all the frustration went away because I saw then that it was Kip. And that's when it really kind of sunk into me. And this was early on, probably first two weeks on the job. And I was like, holy cow, this, this isn't just Kip going into someone's home in a wheelchair. He's going up to their front step, parking his wheelchair and crawling into their home to do the demo. That was that just to me, I'll never forget that moment and how impressive just that is. And then just in line with what everybody else has kind of said in, in terms of food, uh, Kip never missed a meal here at Cutco. <laughs> and I'll never forget, we had a division meeting and, uh, we did something after the division meeting. I don't remember if it was a champions night or it was it was a dinner that we held for our top representatives for like a divisional challenge week or push. And we had a division meeting. We had it at a hotel and it was pouring rain outside. I mean, just torrential downpour. And we were supposed to go right up the road to a place called Wasabi and have hibachi. Um, that was going to be the the dinner that night for these, these representatives. Kip obviously had one. And... I remember, and I didn't realize at the time that Kip didn't have a wheelchair accessible van. So he had to get kind of dropped off places and, and figure out his transportation. And uh, that's why I was working so hard his first summer. He wanted to be able to pay for a wheelchair accessible van for himself, which ultimately he ended up doing. And so we get done. It's torrential downpour. I had a, a pickup truck at the time. And uh, a few of the other managers and myself and a couple of the other bigger guys, sales reps, Kip's like, oh, I'll meet you guys up there, right? I'll meet you up there. And we say, well, Kip, how are you going to get there? Oh, I'll, I'll just drive my wheelchair. I said, Kip, it's torrential downpour. I'm not going to let you drive up a mile in torrential downpour. So myself and other managers and all these people are trying to lift, I don't know, Stephen, you might know, I'm going to guess an 800 to 1,000 pound wheelchair. We're trying to lift it in my pickup truck. <laughs> and I mean, it was... It wasn't working. And so I just, I had to look at Kip. I said, Hey, listen, I don't know how I can help you right now. I can't get the wheelchair. He said, Justin, don't worry about it. I'll drive myself. And I felt horrible. And I said, I'll, I'll pay you. Uh, we'll do it another time. I'll, I'll give you a, a gift card, whatever. I just, I would hate to have you drive in the torrential downpour. No, 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 not a big deal. So Reluctantly, we all get on our cars and we're, we're drive up there. And just like you said, Jeff, I look out my window and it's just, I, I'm, he's literally going faster than I am in torrential downpour. He's just cruising through. He doesn't have to stop the lights like we have to. He literally got there first and uh, soaking wet. I run inside, we get him some towels and some napkins. And he just passed himself off and we had a great Japanese hibachi dinner and that was Kip's first meal here in the Cavalier Division. I'll never forget that. Oh, that's such a great story. That's awesome. By the way, the, the idea of crawling into the, the customer's homes, most people don't know that that's what he did for every single presentation. And he doesn't talk about it. He never told anyone that he did that. And uh, yeah, it's just, again, a testament to just a, a humble, amazing human being, right? Benji, how about you? What's a, what's a good story, good experience with Kip? I'd have to say probably a good one. You actually told it at the at the funeral. Uh, it was just the one day I didn't actually get to spend a lot of physical time with Kip. Interestingly, uh, we talked a lot on the phone, 
but I didn't spend a whole lot of time. I didn't get to go on as many trips with him as a lot of, a lot of people did, but I got, uh, I just talked to him a lot, but we were, as one day I was feeling pretty under the weather. I was, I was feeling really sick. My kids weren't feeling good. And he had reached out to me about something. I had mentioned that I was feeling sick. And about you know, 30 minutes later, I get a text from him that just said, Hey, uh, I do some soup for you. It, it'll be at your house in about 30 minutes. So, and sure enough, I, you know, DoorDash showed up and he had ordered us like an obscene amount of Panera soup. Like and clearly he thought my daughters could eat as much as he can because we had like enough food, soup to feed 20 normal people. So it was great. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. That, what a cool story. JPV, how about you? Sure. I'd also like to share uh, two memories, one early and more professional and one a little bit, little bit later. Uh, the early one is the first mentoring call I ever had with Kip. And so he comes on the call and we have our call and we have our conversations and he asks his questions. And basically now we're, we're at the end of the call. We're kind of out of time. And, uh, you know, I, he's a young rep and I think I've, you know, delivered on this call. I have, you know, I, especially the first call, you really want to, you know, nail it, but they, they know. And I, I say to Kip, so, you know, Kip, did you, uh, was it a good call for you? Did you get everything that you, that you wanted? And he said, no. <laughs> He's like, no, I didn't, I didn't really get everything that I, that I wanted, which was not the typical response that you would get. Most people would say, even out of politeness, first call, oh, yeah, it was a great call or whatever it is. But he was like, no, no, I didn't get everything I wanted. And I said, okay, got it. What more did you want? And then he you know, shared with me. But I loved that about Kip because Kip, and this is emblematic, Kip, wanted it all and more, right? And that is one of my favorite memories of Kip from the beginning, knowing separate from anything, I was not dealing with a normal person. I was dealing with a wonderfully, I said this at a silver cup, someone who is completely unreasonable, not stopped by reasons, and just wanted to get everything that he possibly could. My other favorite memory or one of them of Kip is he came field training uh, at the Big E with myself and a lot of other CSPs in, at that event. The Big E uh, is an event. And he came to watch and learn. And he stayed with me in, in my little studio apartment that I was renting. And one day, because he was there for quite a few days, we decided we were going to go to the Big E on my day off and enjoy the event, not just learn something, but have a good time. And it was a very busy day at the Big E. And he decided to park very far away. And so we got out of his uh, wheelchair accessible vehicle that he had rented for the occasion. And he just started rolling fast. And I was like, I started to run. He, you know, he said he never ran. Well, he rolled, let me tell you. And he just started rolling so fast. I was like, Kip, Kip. You know, it's almost like a wait for me kind of thing. You know, and he's like, we got to get there, JPB. We want, you know, come on. <laughs> and I was, you know, literally running as fast as I could just to keep up with him. And I think that is uh, something that we've all had the experience of, either literally or metaphorically, going as fast as we could just to keep up with him. And we had huge smiles on our faces all day. Great stories, man. Thank you, Jeffrey. That's awesome. Izzy, how about you? Yeah, I think my uh, my favorite story about Kip is seeing 
how committed he was to investing in himself and investing in his business. And where we connected a lot on is systems. And like, you know, if you want to run a a true business, you got to have a proven duplicatable system that works, right? Like vector marketing works because college students need jobs in the summer and we've got knives and it's hard to stop a motivated college student, right? So it's a model that works. And COVID hit, right? So I'm coaching Kip and everything's at a standstill, right? Nobody knows what to do yet. And there's this idea of like virtual service calls. And he was just committed to figuring it out. And so we started going through and, you know, he had some savings. So he didn't necessarily need to work immediately. So we spent like a month or two months, like theorizing this virtual service call program. And to a degree of like any suggestion was just like, okay, like how would I feasibly make this work? Like what's the risk and cost of that? And the next thing you know, like two months later, he has his own office space. He has an assistant that he has hired that is outbound making phone calls to book his schedule. And within a few short weeks, he's selling an average of like eight to $15,000 a week virtually on service calls. And what I so appreciated about Kip was he was willing to like play at the edge where he, he did not care if no one had proven the model. It just needed to make sense for him. And there was not emotion attached to it. It was just like, does this make sense? Could this work? Let's do it and let's move forward. And he did. And, and ultimately he, uh, you know, I think he did, um, I don't know, like he had some massive push periods, like tens of thousands of dollars, just doing virtual service calls. And he built a really cool business and started hiring people. And I remember telling him, I'm like, dude, no one is doing this. No one is doing this. And really, it kind of also became this thing where he was like, I want to be able to do this and build it so that other people could follow this model and do this themselves. And I thought that for me, was just like really inspiring because that's, we're all, many of us are professional followers. Not many of us are professional leaders where we're willing to take the risks and he was willing to do that. And he, he bet on himself and, and he, he, he won in that regards and he did very, very well with that program. Yeah. Quite, quite an innovator, right? That's Absolutely. great. Thank you, Izzy. Appreciate that. Hey, Stephen, how about, how about uh, what's a good Kip story? Or what's something about your brother that most people don't know? Well, for, I guess I got like three stories for this one. Cause like, sure. There's a lot. I'll start with something that most people don't know about Kip. When I was growing up with Kip, like whatever he did, I would try and do like, and he loved his video games. Let me tell you. Like my parents would always try and like, it would be an effort for them to yank him to come just eat dinner with us. Cause he was so into video games. He was the best Madden player to this day that I have seen in all of my years. Like every single year, our local library would hold a Madden tournament and I'd follow him there every single year. Cause they had free pizza. Like what kid doesn't <laughs> love free pizza? So I'd follow him to the Madden tournament. I'd sit there for like what felt like a whole day. Cause like Madden games are not short and there's all these kids trying to win. He won every single year. Like he won like four years consecutively, like got first place and then he'd get like an a hundred dollar GameStop gift card. And then he'd use that to buy the next Madden. Like it was crazy. Like I day I'll be as good at Madden as Kip is. And then Love as it. for just Love. memories, like overall, I remember in middle school, uh, he started this thing where he would just like take me to this like rib festival, like on like the 4th of July. And, like that was really fun. Cause we were both, I'd 
call us rib connoisseurs. We just kind of go there and we try a little bit of ribs from every single place, whichever place had like the most trophies that they were showing and we'd rate them. And that was really fun. Like I would always be so excited just to wake up and go to this rib festival and just eat all day. And then kind of a goofy one. I remember this past year, so we were in North Carolina and we went out to dinner with my family and then my sister's friends and all of their families. And when we were done at this dinner, which was the night before the graduation, like all of the parents and the kids, they were talking about how they were going to go to this bar afterwards and have fun. And Kip was like, well, you want to go? And I was like, I mean, sure. Like, do, do you want to go? He was like, yeah. And I was like, all right, like, wouldn't be the first time I've drove your car. <laughs> and so we went to the bar and I just remember we had a great time. Like I had never seen Kip this side of Kip, like ever in my entire life. And we were having a wonderful time. And then like, we just lost track of time and the lights turned on. Like, mind you, we had to wake up at like seven in the morning next day to get ready for my sister's graduation. And the lights turn on. I'm like, oh my gosh, like what time is it? And I look at my phone. It's like three in the morning. I'm like, uh oh. So I'm like, Kip, we got to go. We got to go. He's like, he's like a little disoriented. He's like, we got to go. Why? He's like, and then he's like, well, what do I do do with with Mr. and Mrs. Vodka? I'm like, what do you mean, Mr. and Mrs. Vodka? And he just looks at the feet of his wheelchair and he's got two cups that are just sitting there in addition to the one that's in his hand. And I'm like, you just got to leave it. They're closing. He's like, all right, let me go to the bathroom. And he puts them on the table and then he goes to the bathroom and we're, we're about to wheel out and he just runs his wheelchair right into the door. <laughs> and the guy that's standing at the door, he's like, he's going to get caught by the cops before he gets even gets in his car. And I'm like, yeah. And so then we just walked out and I got us home and then or back to the hotel and we wake up like we obviously woke up late because we only got like three, four hours of sleep. And so we're rushing. We're getting ready as fast as we can, trying to make it to the graduation. We take the bus to like the where we thought we were supposed to get dropped off. Like JPB said, he's wheeling at the speed of light and I'm running full speed in a suit and tie trying to keep up with him. And it's hot. Like this is North Carolina. I'm sweating <laughs> and all the way there just to see we're not even in the right place. Like the bus, we took we took the wrong stop. So we asked like a guy that worked at the college and he told us, he was like, yeah, you're on the wrong side of campus. So I got to chase him all the way back to the bus again. The bus comes, picks us up. We go to the right place and we get there as soon as the graduates are sitting down. I'm drenched in sweat, just relieved to sit down. And But we made it. We did make it in time to watch my sister graduate. And your mom and dad were not too happy, I'm guessing. <laughs> well, we were on time. So right. <laughs> we were on time. Uh, that's awesome. Great stories, man. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that stuff. That's cool. Let's. Uh, how about this? What, I'm going to start myself with this one. But what's something, everybody, that you that you admire about Kip? I think we've probably mentioned a few of those within our stories already. For me, you know, I mentioned his humility is something that I I really admire. We've talked about some of his sales accolades and some of the things he's done, but I was talking with his mom and dad at dinner the week Kip passed. It was just the three of us. And Peter mentioned that 
he was looking at a sales trophy in Kip's room and Kip never told him what it was for or how much he sold. He was just looking at it and his dad uh, said, what was that? Can you tell me what that that was? And I said, well, what did it say on it? And I figured out it was SC2 of this past year. And I said, well, let me put this in perspective for you, for people that don't know Cutco sales. I said, my best sales, con- I've been here for 30 plus years and my best push week was probably around $3,000 as a sales representative. And Peter and Dorcas are like, oh, okay. And I said, Kip sold $117,000 for that push week. That's what that trophy was for. And Peter's face is like, oh, okay. And I learned through this dinner that he really never told them any of his successes. So his parents, who he's very close with, they didn't really understand how good he really was because he didn't tell them. You know, when he won the silver cup, for those listening that are not in Vector, that's our most coveted trophy. Only one person in the nation in that category can win a silver cup. And we had a big ceremony at the urine banquet for him. And he invited his family. And uh, he didn't tell them the why. He didn't tell them what he won. And I think that his mom and dad started kind of figuring it out when they sat down at the front table in front of 500 people. And they were sitting with our CEO, Al Leonardo. And Kip just, he just smiled that wry little smile of his. And this is what I want, just a silver cup. You know, he just did his job. He did it with excellence, of course, as we know, but he, he also did it with absolute humility. And he was really an inspiration to, to thousands. And not many people get to say that in a lifetime. And we, we can say that about Kip Manjira, which I think is pretty cool. So Stacey, how about you? What's something you always admired about Kip? I would say his thoughtfulness. He was always thinking of other people, just would randomly reach out whenever. Like, so one thing he learned about me was that I really love beer. And I've just, I have a very great appreciation for it. Whenever he would find one that he really liked or something that was from Philadelphia, like where I'm from, or he would always text me about it and reach out to me. He'd be like, he'd send me the label of like a cool one. Have you had this one before? And it just was really awesome. Just having that little thing that we shared, just, he would randomly reach out to me about it and just things like, Hey, thanks for being an inspiration. And just randomly would text me that. And I was like, I don't know. It just was awesome. Like feeling like no matter where you were, how long it had been since I'd seen him, like he was always thinking of everybody else. For sure. That's cool. Thank you, Stacy. Case, how about you? There's so many to choose from based on Kip just being a very awesome person. Like uh, a few things I had wrote down was uh, his findaway mentality, how you can always succeed if you choose to. I don't have one specific one. Again, I know that with what I do in, in Cutco, it's a very unique type position based on being a manager and also being a sales rep at the same time. And he'd always call me and ask me questions of what I was doing and how I was leading on that side of things. And uh, he was just a really big Case fan. And I was just a really big Kip fan. And I, I don't know. I just had so many different things that I admired about Kip. I can't just boil it down to just one thing. No, those are, those are great. Thank you, Case. Justin, how about you? I think ultimately for me, it was always just the persistence. There was no telling Kip no. And I mean that in the best of ways. I mean, he was just persistent. He was going to do what he wanted to do. He had determination and, and a drive and there was nothing. I mean, as you said before, Jeff, even his own disability, it, was, it wasn't a disability to him. There was nothing that was going to 
stop him or get in his way if he set his mind to something. So for me, it was always that persistence and determination that he had. Yeah. Thank you. Benji, how about you? Yeah. I mean, I'd echo really what everyone said, but I think for me, one of the things I admired the most about Kip was his, uh, he was just such an aggressive learner. Like he just wanted to know everything. And so that kind of led to two things. One, uh, even in our coach in John's coaching group, we used to joke and call him the Cutco Encyclopedia because if no one else knew the answer, Kip probably did. Just a little thing about Cutco or something like I'd run into a situation that I'd never ran into before. And odds are pretty good. Kip had either ran into that situation or he learned from someone else that had ran into that situation. Uh, he always knew that stuff. And so he had just this great knowledge, but then on the flip side of that, he was always trying to learn more. And that came out in conversations that even with me, uh, especially like two years ago, when I was when we started talking quite a bit, I remember the first time he called me, my phone rings, and I look at it, and it says Kip Mangier. And I was like, what the heck? Like, why is he calling me? Like, I'm just this, uh, you know, this lowly, you know, CSP over here. And here's like the legend Kip calling me like, what's he want? And, and I pick up the phone and he was asking me questions. And um, every time I ever talked to him, he always was asking questions about what are you doing that's working well? Or what, what do you think about this idea? Or what do you think about that idea? And I, I did also want to mention that those questions always came. But the other thing that I really loved about it was the first part of every conversation that I had with Kip was, Benji, how are you doing? How are you doing? And I'd start to say something about business and he'd be like, no, 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 no. Like, how, how are you doing? And it would always dig in. Just always made me feel you know, important and valued. And, and I always really loved that about Kip. Yeah, right on, man. That's cool. JPB, how about you? Oh, gosh. I think we're all going to be echoing so many of the same Yeah, things. of course, Kip right? Was, I know, right? Kip was so consistent. He was the same person. He really was. And I think I would say the thoughtfulness that Stacy spoke about and that uh, John Israel also spoke about with trying with doing and Ben and all of us are speaking about the doing something not just for himself, but doing something for other people. And I think what was a, a big part of that, and this is what I'll, I'll, I'll say as kind of a thing that I really admired was he had an incredible commitment to justice and mm. fairness. And he really cared about treating people well and being treated well and having things be equitable. And I think a huge part of his thoughtfulness and his caring came from a commitment to justice and fairness. And I admired that a lot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The equitable side of it, when you said that JPB, it's just, you know, there was never a time he ever, ever asked me for an extra extension on a push week or anything out there was ne- it was just it's fair competition period at all times we never wanted to leg up in any situation so that's uh that's cool to hear john how about you yeah well uh benji i appreciate you commenting on that because i forgot we used to call him the cut code encyclopedia so it's literally in our our, uh, our group me for our, our mentoring program it was literally literally like anyone wanted to know what's the closeout for January? What's the, you know, how many weeks are in August this year? Or is it, it always, he'd know the answer to literally every possible thing, or he'd like link you like, Hey, here's a thing to find. So I always appreciated that. I think what I really enjoyed about 
Kip is uh, he was just always about results. He just he showed up with results every single time. He never is very, very rare for him to show up with a zero week unless he just didn't want to work. And so and, and when he re- got results, it wasn't like he sold a thousand dollars. Like he would sell like five or eight thousand dollars a week when he would sell. So I, I think I just admired for who he was, especially in our group. It's just a really great example. I mean, he just always showed up and produced and never gave. It, it's like I bet people who didn't know that about Kip could have like known him virtually in our coaching program for years and met him for the first time and be like, "Oh my lord, you're in a wheelchair!" Like, and you did all that. Like, I would have never known because he never talks about it, right? Because yeah. at the end of the day. What matters is results, and he would just get it every single time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Steven, how about you? I'm sure you've got a thousand things you admired about your big bro, but uh, anything that stands out that uh, you want to share with the with the podcast? Yeah, definitely. I'd say having Kip as my older brother, it definitely helped like shape me in many ways. You all know he expected nothing but perfection for himself. Like As you guys talk about his results and how he'd always get good results and cash in on whatever he was trying to accomplish. Like that's what he expected from me, my sister, my mom, my dad. Like whenever he would ask you a question, he would expect you to know the answer right then and there, whether you didn't know the answer or if you didn't know the answer, he expects you to know. It. So I guess that just like helped me grow as a person because like whenever Kip asked me to help him with something, like I would know this has to be perfect or he will not accept it. Like if he was asking me to help him load the car with all of his Cutco stuff. Cause he had to go to a presentation. Like now I know how to pack my own trunk. Cause you got to make all this hundreds and hundreds of pounds of <laughs> Cutco knives fit in a small car that is already full. <laughs> like I already, like, I just know. And he would like ask me a question. I'm like, I don't know, Kip. And he's like, well, get back to me tomorrow. Like I'll be here at this time for you to answer the question. I'm like, okay. And then I'd forget as kids do. And then you come back, he's like, all right, I need an answer. And like, sometimes you get a little frustrated with me just because I'd forget to think about the questions he would ask, but it would really just be him like pushing me to reach my full potential. It's not him getting mad. Like, Oh, why wouldn't you answer this question? It's just like, you could have done it if you didn't. And it's just helped me grown. Like he would always text me about like what the schedule was for my football games. Cause he'd always be trying to make some, or like, what are you doing this weekend? Like, I'll come down to your college and we can go get some lunch or something like that. And like, I was so busy with homework and practice and all that. Like, sometimes I wouldn't get back to him, but like, oh, he'd call and he would definitely <laughs> text a lot. And he'd be like, Steven, I'm in this city right now. Like, I can come to your game or I can't. I need to know how much the tickets are. And yeah, it was just awesome. Oh, man, that's so cool. Thank you for sharing that with everybody. That's awesome. Steven, how do you think Kip viewed his time with Cutco? Is anything just, uh, I mean, we know he loved it, of course, but just anything that you think of when you think what he thought of this business? And I know for a fact that Kip loved the business, but even more than the business, he loved people. Like growing up in high school, like seeing the type of, or the type of people that he grew up with and the friends that he would have when he switched to Cutco, I mean, I'm sure we've all had our fair share of bad influences, like as far as friends go growing up in grade school, middle school, high school, college, and so on. But like really when he joined Cutco, I just saw the people that my parents would deem bad influences or some of the people that wouldn't be doing the right thing or getting bad grades. Like all of that just simply went away when he joined Cutco. 
like when he joined Cutco and he met all you guys, like every single one of his friends were people that would push him upward and he would do the same to them. And that just really made me happy seeing like him surround himself with a circle of people that always wanted him to succeed. Oh man, thank you for sharing that, Stephen. That's that's really really cool. Really cool. Just a, one final question, everybody. I know we're we're up to the the hour here. How do you guys want Kip to be remembered? I suppose. Uh, you know, how do you hope his legacy lives on? And you know, for me, I, I want Kip to be remembered as the fun loving, hardworking, never make excuses guy that he was. Here's the deal: if more people had the attitude of Kip Manjira and the attitude I mean of no one owes me anything. I take responsibility for my life and everything that happens. You can do anything in your life if you want it bad enough. You know, if more people had that mentality, the world would be a much better place. And that was Kip. And uh, it was a sincere pleasure knowing him. So does, does anyone, we don't have to go around the horn, but does anyone else want to share just how do you want him to be remembered? And then we'll, we'll wrap up with, uh, with Steven. I'll go. Um, sure. When I think of Kip, I think of anything is possible. That was just the attitude that he approached every situation with, whether it was a huge push week, whether it was trying to get an Uber at the end of a late night. Like He was always just trying to find a way in every situation. And a lot of times he wouldn't let you help him either. But he really just, I don't know, he always just knew what to do. And uh, that's what I think of when I think of Kip. That's cool. Thank you, Stacy. Anyone else want to share? I think he is a perfect example of the only limitations that, you know, we have or the limitations that we put on ourselves. And I think that as people remember Kip and his legacy, I think that overall is so important to remember along with it is that, you know, that there are no limitations except for those that we place on ourselves. And again, Kip was a prime example of that. The epitome of that, right? Thanks, Justin. Anyone else? I just wanted to talk about what John had mentioned about Kip designing and doing his service calls that he was doing virtually. And we we talked about his thoughtfulness. I feel that the reason he was doing so well and reaching out to so many people was to get better at what he was doing, obviously, but also for the Cutco community as well. He was trying to solve the problem for all of us while also keeping us accountable. But he was trying to solve the problem we were going through of how do we succeed in this virtual world during COVID. And he was thinking of all of us when he was having his big weeks. It was because he was trying to help his friends still succeed in what he was doing. And obviously that benefited him at the same time, but he was he was thinking of all of us as, as well. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Case. Benji, how about you? Yeah, I think everything has been said it is amazing. But uh, I definitely just his passion for learning and being and knowing like that it's worth it. I, I feel like I have conversations with newer reps a lot who ask me if investing in mentoring is worth it, if it's worth spending money to, to learn and get better at your job. And Kip had at least two, and if I'm not mistaken, at times had up to three different mentors that he was paying to coach with. And on top of all that was also out there having conversations and just reaching out. He was never starstruck by anyone. He was just like, Hey, I'm just going to call people, you know, like I'm gonna reach out, just ask him questions. And, and that 
passion and dedication to learning and developing the processes is what allowed him to execute at such a high level. And I think that's just a great thing that we can all learn from him. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Benji. JPB, how about you? Wrap it up for us. Sure. I think when it comes to Kip's legacy, there is a legacy of extraordinary hard work, extraordinary good times, and also extraordinary ability. As much as, you know, one's first impression of Kip is, oh, he's in a wheelchair. As we all got to know him, and we've all said this, each in our own way, that just disappears with Kip. What you get is someone who is so wonderfully able through his intelligence, through his humor, through his hard work, through his passion for people and for learning and for growing and for being his best, that his legacy is focus on your ability because that's what he did. And that's why he was so inspiring and such a beautiful presence in our business. That's awesome, JPB. Thank you for sharing that. Hey, Stephen, let me, let me just ask you, is there, is there anything as we wrap this up, anything the family would like to say or anything the family would like people to remember about your brother? I just say that um, it's always more worthwhile to focus on your strengths rather than trying to improve your weaknesses. And especially considering that sometimes there's just some weaknesses and no matter how hard you try and chip away at them, they just go away. And like Kip always worked hard. He never complained about how much harder he had to work than other people because he just simply, the only things he saw within himself were strengths and he just attacked those. Life gave Kip the most sour bunch of lemons you can get and he made the best pitcher lemonade, the sweetest pitcher lemonade you could possibly have in the entire world. And I just think that's beautiful and that's something that we all need to take and let it inspire us and the rest of our lives to just work on ourselves. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, man. That's awesome, and uh, it was uh, again an absolute honor and pleasure to to know Kip. I want to thank all of you for being here today. I want to thank Stephen, of course, for joining us, as well as Kip's colleagues and friends, Case and J- JPB and Stacy and John and Benji and Justin. Thank you for being here today, and I just want to wrap up with this. And this is something that was on Kip's profile page on Facebook when he passed. And it said, when I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have a single bit of talent left and could say, I used everything you gave me. And uh, I think Kip did. So rest easy in paradise, my friend. Everybody, thank you for joining us today. Have a great day. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you got value from today's episode, please share it with others and consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player. Subscribing to the podcast is free and ensures that future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. And to support our podcast sponsors, visit changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives. 